0: <laughs> Hi, my name is Andrew and shamefully I've seen very few films. I am Citizen Lame, but that's all about to change. Each episode, my friends Dylan and Simon Streep will be battling it out to convince me to watch their movie of choice. Welcome to Citizen Lame! He hasn't watched many movies, he's a pop culture pariah. If he says he's watched The Snowman, just assume he is a liar. I must select your movie if you want to win the game. His name is Andrew, known as Citizen Lame. Season's greetings, Simon. Hello, dear Andrew. (laughs) Come in and know me better, man. Thank you. And a festive hello to you, Dylan. Feliz Navidad. There we go. It's nice to see you guys, as always, on this very Christmassy Christmas Eve. Ooh, I'm feeling especially Christmassy. I've got the lights on. I mean, not just the normal lights on, I've got the Christmas lights on. But just those? Just the Christmas (laughs) lights. I've also got it on the wrong setting. So it's really doing my head in. It's just flashing and no particular order. It's very, it's horrible, but it's festive. Yay. Well, as is always the case with this podcast, uh, I've got a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. When is the earliest and latest you'll watch a Christmas film?
1: I don't watch a lot of Christmas films outside of Christmas time now, unless we open the can of Christmas adjacent films (laughs) once again, that little Christmas Prezi. But I do remember in the past watching um, the Muppets Christmas Carol almost all year through. Ooh, what? Yeah. So I had this friend, his name was Paul. We were best friends. Wow. So you can tell this was in primary school. And um, we would watch Muppet's Christmas Carol and play yeah. with Lacey. You guys remember Lacey? Nope. It was nope. kind of those like plastic H shapes that you could connect together and make cars, huh? uh, buildings. What do you mean a plastic H shape? There were all these little H shapes. It's not important.
0: <laughs> I used to watch the Muppet's Christmas Carol all year through. <laughs> I and guess I, what happened? Yeah. Paul slowly but surely got more into finance and started uh, <laughs> focusing on you know that side of life, right. commerce. Whilst your friendship dwindled and dwindled and dwindled until one day he was visited by three ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Simon, when do you watch Christmas films? Uh, I kind of have a very strict rule about this. And I didn't know that I had a strict rule until you asked this question. Mm. I feel like it's just inappropriate to watch a Christmas movie before the 1st of December. And then I feel like the longest you can go, Mm -hmm. Boxing Day. I think like the moment, Boxing you, Day, you know, the moment you get much past Boxing Day, it's like you need to be watching New Year's movies. Get out <laughs> of the Christmas spirit. Get into the old Lang Syne spirit. This makes me think
1: that you throw your tree out on Boxing Day too. Uh, or does no, that no. get to live on? That sometimes stays up
0: till Feb. <laughs> well, I think if the tree is up, the movies can continue. That should be a rule. I, I think though you've brought up a very good exception and that is i reckon you should just watch the muppet christmas carol all year round it's a great film it is a good film um what i would say is the latest that you could watch one is maybe you know two days after christmas okay that, that's that's what i would say one or, day after boxing there
1: i like the way you think yeah. Andrew. i'm yeah, yeah, dealing yeah. with a couple of absolute grinches over <laughs> here <laughs> or
0: in october on specific occasions you know when i have to catch up on elf <laughs> ah, <you laughs> scallywag all righty let's begin Here's how it works, Dylan and Simon have each chosen a different film and will be competing against each other in an effort to get me to watch their film of choice. The plot twist is I don't know what movie they've each chosen. Each round they'll pitch an aspect of their film in order to convince me by any means they can that their film is better than the other. After five rounds the person with the most points will reveal the name of the film which I have inadvertently chosen to watch and then I actually have to watch it. But before we deck the halls with bows of holly, let's talk about last episode's winner, Chicago. Bah, 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 okay, I've got a lot to say about Chicago. Ooh. Ex- I've got a question just straight off the bat that I want to ask you, Andrew. Mm. Before going in, were you aware that it was a musical? I was not aware that it was so musical. <laughs> well, no, it is a musical. I don't even think it's fair to say it's so musical. Yeah. It's a musical. I me. don't think
1: it's trying to hide that it's a musical either. Let's let's be fair to I think
0: it. you were. Well, I was, yes. But
1: in terms of it doing its own job, I think it does it quite well. It's not like when I went to watch Sweeney Todd at the theaters and no one had told me that that was a musical and then like kind of 20 minutes in, somebody started singing suddenly and it was, oh, a surprise musical! Oh, I didn't like that for No.
0: But uh, this was a movie and I wasn't in a theater. So here we go. Um, there's not many scenes outside, but there are some early on and they are fake. <laughs> <laughs> what? They are so fake. <laughs> the, 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 what do you mean? <laughs> the sets are just like clearly green screen. It's like terrible roto. Interesting. Um, all right, that's just a small, it's just a small little. I mean, thing. this man thinks he can ascertain what is green screen in an Academy Award-winning film. Yeah, what's yes. happened to this yes. picture? Right. He's only seen two Guys. films: Kung Pao and Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> but I've got a, I've got a lot to say, so let's crack on. <laughs> um, I noted that the first lady that she meets in prison had amazing makeup, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Like for some reason, I just didn't expect that. She was just like fully made up you know in prison I, I mean how is that how is that realistic I'm sure did but, you watch the rest of the movie yeah, well, yeah and then I was going to say but I didn't realize what the rest of the prisoners were going to be wearing <laughs> um, uh, I, I just wrote here mama sure can hide a long green ribbon uh, <laughs> and, 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 and earlier you found out that someone killed someone for popping bubble gum yeah <laughs> it changed. It seems. A, it seems a bit cruel. <laughs> Richard Gere's first song, right? Here comes Billy. He basically strips. Okay, essentially, I and was razzled dazzled by that. And he ends up in huge boxes and a t-shirt while all the dancers around him are pretty much naked. And they, you loved it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, it's a, not fair. <laughs> okay. You would have wanted to see Richard's gear. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say there. I'd love to know what you're trying to uh, say there. Let's move on to my next point, which is... Uh, have you I, made a point yet? <laughs> I enjoyed... No. <laughs> I enjoyed Richard's dramatic chair turn away from uh, J.C. Riley. That was that was funny and reminded me of the Boosh. The puppet scene was great. And then it was quickly followed by a lot of really quiet shouting. Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy.
1: Yeah. So my sister's name is uh, Roxy yes. for short, and that was always how we called her for dinner. <laughs> never came couldn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, couldn't hear it.
0: Okay, so now let's. I mean, let's get to the the meat and potatoes of this movie. So right. essentially, there's a point where she fake faints. And then says, I sure hope the fall didn't hurt the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- at that point, I realized that she's just like the worst protagonist. She's just a terrible lead. Well, she's in jail. Uh, really, there was little moral ambiguity there. Kill the man. Uh, yeah, but I also then realized at that point that there was absolutely nobody in the film that I liked. <laughs> There's not one single character that you is likable. Like JCR. Come M- on. No. Oh, you couldn't see him, Mr. Setafraid. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, you know, it was razzle-dazzle. I'll give you that. Well, I look forward to a <laughs> razzling score. So... I gave this movie 4 out of 10. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right, I'm going to jump in here, Andrew. I did not enjoy this film. (laughs) I I enjoyed it less than Suicide Squad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've written here, this is genuinely the first thing I've written on my notes about Chicago. I can't fault the movie Chicago. Ah, yes. (laughs) Honestly, I have absolutely nothing bad to say about it. And that's saying a lot because I think often Broadway plays struggled to make a transition from, like, the theatre right. to the cinema theatre. Sweeney Todd, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this one, though, I think just does it with absolute ease. And I have a theory behind this. Mm. Have I told you my musical theory yet? No. No. Here it is. <laughs> I think musical adaptions as films work better when they try kind of capture the fantasy aspect of the musical. So, like, when they try base it all in reality... And they try to keep things quite realistic, mm. bar obviously from everyone bursting into song the whole time. I think that's when it sort of loses some of the magic. But like Chicago, when they almost try make you absolutely aware that, like, you know, they're blacking out the rest of the screen, you're feeling like you're watching some sort of jazz performance, yeah. it enters the surreal world. I think that's when the adaptations work. It's like in the Heights recently this year, loved it. Also, like, would break away constantly from the, a sense of like trying to root itself in the real world and would go slightly fantastical. Mm love it. Chicago, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry, Dylan. Uh, obviously, I'm clearly wrong in this scenario as it won many awards, but uh, I didn't enjoy it. That's all right. Look, I'm glad it's won last week's film because it reminded me of a little Christmassy treat that I can pull out of our Christmassy bag of yeah. Christmassy goods. So Dylan and I, a couple of years ago, 2018, I think to be precise, we ended up writing some almost Chicago-styled broadway styled songs for a corporate function that was happening mm. and i thought i'd just pull one out of the bag and the reason why i thought of it is because i've seen a production of chicago where billy flynn was played by the singer craig abani and he was dragged into the world of streep to perform one of these songs we wrote oh uh, yes i think the other singers on this track you're about to hear are carly graham lebo toko and pumi mccani But I'm not 100% sure because we weren't really involved in the recording of the final track. We just wrote the track. Mm. So I might be getting some names wrong. But here it is. It's a little slice of a track we wrote, I mean, a couple of years ago now, that somehow still seems relevant. (laughs) It's stressing! (laughs) We're stressing. These times are pressing. Every minute feels infinite with no real way to win it. It's depressing that we're regressing. No
1: amount of Tiger Bomb can make
0: us calm. Thailand.
1: I woke up feeling anxious when to take a warm shower. But geez is not on, thanks to Eskom, my block has no power. I reached for the newspaper to keep myself abreast. As I read was filled with dread, my house was repossessed. I went into my kitchen to bake a loaf of bread. in that time, zuma had resigned, and the Guptas had Price. It's still true. This, time's <laughs> Every hour has this the is the most political writing all we've ever done. and Zuma, depressing. The Guptas. <laughs> the petrol price.
0: <laughs> Camomile. <laughs> on my way
1: to work, I look down at the radio. Just my like a broke down truck into the back, I go. Calling my insurer, I have just been put on hold.
0: I hear the phone time. Hold. Finally, I'm at the office sitting at my desk. My boss says rather boisterously, You're looking quite depressed. Everyone is staring, Why did I not call in sick? A scratchy throat, a doctor's note that would have done the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I love the nomadic orchestra Every style has in has the background. <laughs> for us to lose <laughs>
2: it in pink and pay, it's depressing.
1: So in previous episodes, I've kind of mouth trumpeted and uh, things like that when I wasn't able to reproduce the sounds I wanted. That was a real joy to kind of write that song on maybe a guitar or just a piano track and send it off. And like a couple of weeks later, it came back with like, wah,
2: wah, 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 like
1: muted trumpets and uh, raspy trombones and stuff. So cool. But of course, Andrew, he's not going to like that. He hated Chicago. Yeah, sorry. If
0: anything, that was torture. Can you hear the faint jingle of snowflakes settling on some chestnuts roasting on an open fire, warming the hearts of men? As good King Wenceslas looks out on feasts and Stevens. No, well, what is it then? It's reindeer, reindeer. Surely not at this time of year, dear. Yes, <laughs> Rudolph, Rudolph and pals. No longer do you have to hide in Santa's shadow. I've asked the boys to provide me a film with a reindeer. It's time for round one, the star. Every movie has a main actor or actress, someone who makes a character come alive and who draws you into the world of the film. Who's the star of Christmas, you might ask? Jesus, obviously. (laughs) Who's the arch nemesis of Christmas? Christmas Beatles, obviously. (laughs) But I need to know the main star of your film and why you think they're so great, Dylan.
1: Okay, well, my star almost needs no introduction, but I'll give one anyway. He's, <laughs> Thanks,
0: because you never know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, the episode could run long, we'll just cut it there. He's one of the biggest stars to ever come up through Saturday Night Live. He starred in so many beloved films, including Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, and Groundhog Day. He's lent his voice to animated features such as The Jungle Book and Garfield. What? You're bringing up? Garfield? Yes, I'm bringing up Garfield, only because he lampooned his own performance and regret of that film in Zombieland, So mm. Great Is He. Similar to Burton and Depp, he's become synonymous with Wes Anderson films, elevating everything he's in. He's an international treasure. He's everyone's surrogate fun uncle, or as Father time has plotted forward, fun grandpa. He's an internet meme lord, and like a fine wine, he gets better and better with age. He's the unforgettable,
0: irreplaceable, Bill Murray! (laughs) (laughs) That was quite an introduction. I saw him the other day. Where? In a movie. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay fantastic bill murray i i do know of some of his work and uh just <laughs> listed off so much stuff goes, yeah i guess i've, I've heard, I'd, of yeah, I'd heard of him i'd heard of some of those things <laughs> uh simon who's your person uh, well no, andrew if i was to choose the main star of my film i'd be choosing james mcavoy and i know that i just did not want to go through the next this silly thing no, again the thing where is you sneak two stars it's christmas I don't want to spend. There was one star in the <laughs> sky in, in Bethlehem, not two. <laughs> I don't want to spend 20 minutes of Andrew just looking at me blankly because he doesn't know who James McAvoy well. is, because he doesn't know who Tim Carrey is, because he doesn't know who anybody in the world is, except for probably the guy who's starting Kung Pao. So I'm just. I'm not going there. Don't even respond to James McAvoy. It may be forget. A Christmas miracle. But I do know who James McAvoy well, forget is. It. And I don't like him. <laughs> forget it. Because I haven't chosen him. I have not chosen James okay, McAvoy. Uh, there's someone who plays um, James McAvoy's brother in the film who's in it quite a lot. I know you're going to like him. In fact, I know you know him, which already is helpful. In fact, I'm so confident. You know him. You and I are going to play 20 questions and you're going to guess who he is. Okay, all right. You have 20 questions and okay. you already know that it's a him. I gave that away accidentally. Here we go. Freebie. And to make it more interesting, I'm going to put a bet on it. I think he's going to get it right by the 12th question. Oh, there are 12 days of Christmas. Okay. Um, is he animal? Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a waste. What
0: a huge waste. Uh, no, I mean the character from the Muppets. Oh, oh, I mean, no, then. Oh, that's two questions. (laughs) (laughs) No, to clarify. (laughs) Two questions. Oh, man. Is he younger than 30? No, he's quite old. Okay. Extra information there for me. That's helpful. Four questions. (laughs) Is he Caucasian? Yes. I guess he might have to be to be James McAvoy's brother. (laughs) Does he have black hair? Now I'm just asking questions uh, like, He's no. quite old, but he has
1: <laughs> thick black hair. <laughs> the, he's David Copperfield.
0: <laughs> I think in, if you were to picture him in your mind right now, you would picture him with either black or at least dark brown hair. So James McAvoy is- oh, You're, is,
1: getting, you're, you're getting, getting, not
0: phrasing it as a question. Is, <laughs> and is, and you're is, getting bogged down on this whole James McAvoy thing. I am because I have I've no assumed, other context. Is he English? He is English. Okay. Is he tall? I think he's tall.
1: I'm going to say yes. Now, compared to Andrew or compared to Uh, regular
0: men? Well, that's a good question. I would say compared to regular men. Okay. Is he known for comedy? He is probably primarily known for comedy or at least got his start in comedy. Was he in the office? He was not in the office. Good question. Uh, Okay. Did he do stand-up? He never did stand-up. Very mysterious answer. I don't think he did stand-up. He was more of a sketchy guy, you know? Do I own a DVD that this person might have been in? Yeah. I've seen, I think, more than one DVD on your bookshelf when we were there that has this person in. And that gave me the confidence to choose him as my actor. Uh And here you are asking so many questions, but I don't think 12 questions yet. Who knows? I haven't been counting. Oops. Was this person in Blackadder? I do believe he played some person in Blackadder. Yes. Was this person Stephen Fry? No. I'm just going to start naming people now. Was this person Hugh Laurie? Yes. Yay. You've done it on question 12. (laughs) It's someone you know and love. It's Hugh Laurie. (laughs) I had so much fun playing this game, getting to that revelation. Yay. That was so stressful. I mean, I'm guessing you love Hugh Laurie, Andrew, do you? Of course I love Hugh Laurie. Who doesn't love Hugh Laurie? Is there anything you want to know about him? I mean, he's an actor, an author, a comedian, a director, a musician, a singer. He's one of your favorite actors and the winner of this round one. What else do you need to know about it? (laughs) So presumptuous. I would say that Hugh Laurie and Bill Murray are equally loved in their respective countries, in their respective home countries. Mm. So this is an interesting contest.
1: Well, let me try and tie you with some interesting facts about Bill Murray. For one, he didn't skip on his country and become a big star somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's not uh, written in my facts. Oh, I love it, playing, one, playing
0: d- d- Dirty Santa. <laughs> number one.
1: I like it. He doesn't have an agent. Apparently, he gets too bothered by calls. So one day, he just got a 1-800 number, which is like our toll-free 0800 numbers. <laughs> And that gets passed around by word of mouth. Only a few people know it. it Reportedly, (laughs) he checks it so infrequently that he's missed out on opportunities for
0: films such as (laughs) Little Miss Sunshine and Monsters, Inc., which is fun. He would have been great in Monsters, Inc. I love that fact. That's amazing. Uh,
1: Number two, speaking of the Garfield movie earlier currently looking at the script he's said to have mistaken Joel Cohen with an H for Joel Cohen i.e. the Cohen brothers (laughs) and signed up right away (laughs) I'm not sure if that's true or just an excuse made afterwards (laughs) and uh, finally he's famous for showing up at random parties and joining people's karaoke booths or just hanging out sometimes even staying late to
0: wash the dishes (laughs) he's a strange dude he is (laughs) a strange dude I remember when he was in that like foreign country and he started like hitting on that way younger woman (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah That was in a film, Simon. Ah, well, that might have gotten lost in translation then. Um, well, those are great facts about Bill Murray. I certainly like them. But hmm? here's a fact for you, Dill. A question some might say. Do you have any idea what might have actually been the reason the world actually knows the many talents of Hugh Laurie today?
1: Well, that would be because he was in... Yeah.
0: A bit of Fry and Laurie. Oh, not quite. I, this goes a little bit further back. I know that he shared uh, like a digs with Stephen Fry at yeah. uh, Oxford. No, Cambridge. Yeah. Ooh, Cambridge. That was, close. that was very close. <laughs> uh, and they were friends with Emma Thompson. That's true. And is Emma Thompson the person who kind of set their... I think. I think that is what connected that friendship. But apparently, the reason why he went into acting. Was because he got glandular fever. What? So yeah, so he was apparently into rowing and he was part of the Cambridge Rowing Club. And I think his father actually was a gold medalist in rowing. Mm. And so he was kind of following his father's, I would say footsteps, but probably just his father's, you know. Strokes. Strokes. Um, (laughs) But then he got glandular fever and that made competing in some rowing championship hard or something like that, or at least made the training hard. And so then he gravitated towards the Cambridge Footlights, which is where the, what you just said happened, and the rest is history. Amazing! And I had glandular fever. Yeah, <laughs> and look at you now in this podcast. Yeah. yeah, you're the Hugh Laurie of Citizen Lane. So I've got to say, I genuinely can't decide. I so enjoyed the fact about him, like not being bothered to get a proper phone, but then, <laughs> but then you tied it in with glandular fever, which is something that I had <laughs> yeah. close to your heart, so or at least lungs. Yeah, in the first for the first time ever. I'm just going to call this round a draw. Ooh, a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Very interesting. Moving on to round two, the setting. The location and year a film takes place sets the foundation for the story. I'm expecting a cozy inn and hoping I don't get a dingy stable. (laughs) Not all foundations are created equal. So tell me why I should choose yours. Simon. Well, who's Rudolph's favorite pop star? That's right. It's beyond (laughs) sleigh. Yeah, I like that. You all enjoyed that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, a lot of my film takes place on a sleigh that's traveling around the world on Christmas Eve. No prizes in guessing whose sleigh. It may or may not be. (laughs) But before we talk about our joint experiences with riding sleighs around the world on Christmas Eve, (laughs) I thought we could play a quick game. All right, so that beyond sleigh joke was taken from a list that was published last year by inews.co.uk called 55 of the best brackets worst christmas cracker jokes guaranteed to make you groan um (laughs) so what i thought i could do was take that list and use it to make our lovely andrew kerr laugh that's right andrew oh boy you gotta try and not laugh i have got to try and make you laugh it's a game i like to call crack kerr oh very good get get it because it's it's cracking was that one of them because i just laughed uh, no. So I have 54 more of these jokes. I'm hoping we're not going to get through them all. Because okay. I thought that it might be difficult to make Andrew laugh. For certain punchlines, I might have edited them to something slightly different. So, Dill, your job will be to point out if I have changed the punchline of a joke. I'm going to look you in the eyes the whole time. Perfect. Andrew, what does Santa suffer from if he gets stuck in a chimney? Claustrophobia. That's a, That's hilarious. Okay, he actually did like slightly smile. This might be easier than a thought. Yeah. Um, what do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Tinselitis. Oh, he actually knew the answer to that oh, one. No. He's not meant to answer them. <laughs> uh, who hides in the bakery at Christmas? Perverts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to call that the Simon answer. Uh, you're right. Do you have any idea what it's meant to be? Mince pies. A mince spy, but yeah, you're you're, you're close enough. Uh, What did Adam say on the day before Christmas? It's Christmas, Eve. Eve. Yeah, okay. Uh, What carol is heard in the desert? O camel, ye faithful. (laughs) No, no, no. No,
1: I think that counts.
0: I heard just before the nose, I heard him go. No, you did not. (laughs) I actually looked away. He released air. I, I didn't hear it, so we'll continue on. Who delivers presents to baby sharks at Christmas? Santa Jaws no again hey, right. again again. I no. love this one what do you call a cat in the desert Sandy Claws nah dead <laughs> no I'm sure you get desert cats alright what happens if you've never elves? played Minecraft <laughs> what happens to elves when they are naughty I don't know they go to North Pole's more prison. <laughs> I think that's one of Simon's. Is, wait, wait, hold on. Yes, I think that is one of Simon's. So, doing my job for me. Sorry, I, do I get an extra point there? No, but you did kind of uh, grimace, so I think that counts. Grimacing is well within my rules. How does good King Winces last like his pizzas? Uh, I don't know. One oh. that's deep pan crisp and even. That's a good joke. That is a good joke. You yeah. should have laughed at that that's one. That's a good joke. That's was, that was the one I was hoping was going like to crack I like that him. one. What do you get if you cross Santa with a detective? I don't know. Columbo. That's such a big grin from Andrew, but no laugh. Yeah, that was my, that is your one. It's one of my ones. It's meant to be Santa Claus. I don't think that's <laughs> Santa Claus. <Clues>. He that loves it. He yeah. it.
2: I like you Santa
0: Claus. Well, I won somehow. Yeah, Yay. <laughs> we cracked him. I was trying my best, Simon. So I was holding in some laughs. Oh, it's good to know, Dylan. What is your setting? Well, thank you for
1: crossing over to me. My <laughs> setting is live television. Mm-hmm. That's right. Think Thirty Rock. You've got people moving sets around. Good sets, not Chicago sets. <laughs> Boom operators, cameramen on cranes, cast, crew, those people who hold up lines on a big piece of board that make the eye line look a bit weird. The energy would normally already be electric, but as this is a Christmas movie, it's even better. There's Ooh. fake snow and period costumes and dancers and actors. A massive ensemble of people all working together to pull off a live show on a massive festive soundstage. <laughs> doesn't
0: that sound awesome? As long as that ensemble doesn't sing on that soundstage. <laughs> (laughs) They just should be good with Andrew. Yeah, do they sing, Dylan? (laughs) No, they act. (laughs) Oh, they act. Okay, acting's good. (laughs) Now,
1: listeners may not know this, but these podcasts are planned and edited before going out. There's definitely room for coming up with things on the spot and bringing fresh ideas up in the moment, but for the most part, it's kind of structured. This may be why listeners are thinking I have such a wonderful and articulate way of speaking. It's because this bit is written down, <laughs> as is this bit, as is this bit. <laughs> the fact that we aren't live also means that I can say, I'm going to edit it out seamlessly. <laughs> <laughs> but in the case of live TV, as in the setting of my film, you don't have that safety blanket. So, Andrew, I know that you're a big fan of theater sports. Yep. Simon loves living on his toes. Oh. So I thought it'd be fun to play a couple rounds of Questions Only, made famous, of course, by Whose Line Is It Anyway, which is a question. Yeah. So uh, round one, here's the setting. Simon walks into the classroom to find Andrew sitting alone, except there's a dinosaur in the room with him. (laughs) And go.
0: Have you met my pet dinosaur? I don't believe I have. What's his name? I can't remember. Nope, that's not a question. (laughs) That's not a question. (laughs) And you're out. Round two. (laughs) Andrew is considering joining the team that will go to Mars and go. Andrew, why are you considering going to Mars? Why shouldn't I? Haven't you heard? There might be no oxygen there. Why ever not? (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to go ask a friend. Hey, Tim, why is there no oxygen? Do you know where Tim's gone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a double question. Yeah, yeah, that's confusing. have, oh no, I don't know what to say. He's out. Well, so I think he might be getting out because I haven't played theater sports, so I'm maybe doing the, no, I think the hat in the hat no, thing. No, I think you're doing it right. No, I'm just doing, doing it doing wrong. You're doing very
1: well. And, uh, round three, and this is the decider. <laughs> <That's> sweet. <laughs> the situation. Andrew and Simon are debating the rules of the questions only round in Whose Line Is It Anywhere? And go. Have you seen Whose Line
0: Is It Anyway? Have you heard what I think about it? Mm, do you know who Drew Carey is? How would I know? Do you know who Colin Mockery is? <laughs> here we go. Uh, is, is he the tall, handsome one? Do you know who Wayne Brady is? <laughs> do you know who Ryan Stiles is? I think hey, there's I, there's I do. There's not much
1: yes anding going on here. <laughs> I think I do. Hey Siri, who is Ryan Stiles? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you mean <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's Piles? <laughs> <laughs> um christy could you bring me a new watch my one's acting up
1: i think that was a statement there was a question in there i'll allow it because it's oh, fun come on <laughs> well there was at least a question in it Ah, oh,
0: um is that your wife <laughs> <laughs> And come that's Andrews. <laughs> yeah hey, hey redeemed well that was fun and gave my brain more of a workout than i was expecting <laughs> i love that um I just don't want to do us a disservice by not really unpacking the sleigh part of my setting. Oh, sure. So, I mean, how have you guys found it when you've been on a sleigh on Christmas (laughs) Eve delivering presents across the world? It's such a strange question. Um, I don't know
1: if I've experienced it firsthand. What I have done, and I'll bring Star Wars back into it as per every episode, is I went on the Star Tours ride once, and that is kind of like you're sitting in a Star Wars ship and the screen in front of you projects such that it feels like you're in the ship and you move around. If there's a sleigh version of that, maybe I'd have gone on it and there would be my joint experience. Well, did you feel Luke's presence? <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> ah, that's great. <laughs> what was that
0: earlier? <laughs> I must say, I can't really relate to traveling around the world on a sleigh very much. I am no Santa Claus myself. Um, I can't really relate to being on a TV set much either, although I feel like I may have visited ETV once as a child. Hey, that's something. Yeah, that's and that is something and uh, I really enjoyed the game even though I failed at it of trying to d- keep the questions going. And uh, to keep this question going, I'm going to give the point to Dylan. Yay! Ooh. That brings us on to round three, the sounds. Cinema is not just a visual medium, songs, scores and sounds all elevate our movie experience. I am going to take this opportunity to punt my current second favorite lesser known Christmas album. It's called Christmas Album by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Give it a listen. You won't be disappointed if you're me. But what about your film do you think will be music to my ears? Dylan.
1: All right. So if ears could blink, this would be a blink and you'll miss it moment. We hear this song on the radio during a time of reminiscing by our man, Mr. Bill Murray, and the time that he spent his Christmas Eve with a special woman. And to make this extra Christmassy, you can listen out in the chorus for my special woman <laughs> singing along.
0: <laughs> yes! Nice. Oh, I love this song. It's not particularly Christmassy. And the Fanny Hey,
1: where did we go? Days when the rains came. And a-running, hey, hey Skipping and a-jumping But where? In the misty morning fog With all our hearts a-thumping And you, my brown-eyed girl you, my brown-eyed girl you. say it's not Christmassy, but I didn't have a tambourine, so I was shaking keys.
0: (laughs) And they kind of sounded
1: a little jingle bell if you ask me.
0: They do. Very nice, Dylan. Thank you. Pleasure. Simon. Well, my movie doesn't have a lot of needle drops, or should I say pine needle drops. Very good. (laughs) Because it's a Christmas tree, everybody. Um. (laughs) But there is a specific scene where the lead character has to improvise his own version of a popular Christmas song. And I'm very glad that Dylan brought up Whose line because I thought we should probably improvise in a similar fashion but first I'm going to do what they always do in these things and get some suggestions from the audience (laughs) all right Dylan what is the first dangerous animal that comes to your mind velociraptor velociraptor the worst nothing rhymes with velociraptor Not necessarily your problem, Kerr. <laughs> I hope everyone heard the very Grinchy tone of, of that <laughs> yeah. response from Kerr. Kerr, who is a person, alive or dead, who you wouldn't like to be stuck in a room with? Uh, I'm going to say the Grinch. The Grinch. Do things rhyme with the Grinch? I'll tell you in a pinch. <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> yes. who's the scariest baddie?
1: Um, oh, Everybody. Part of me wants to say Darth Vader but I'm not going to <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fight the stereotypes I'm gonna say Hans Gruber
0: <laughs> Hans Gruber who's that again he's the bad guy from Christmas adjacent diehard all uh, right perfect thank you for those suggestions I'm gonna use him and you're gonna use him in this little section I like to call silent sleep What is that? Well, let me explain. In the film that I've chosen for this week, there is a lovely scene where our main character is surrounded by lions. That's right. His sleigh must have broken down in the savannah or something like that, and lions are about to attack him. But what he cleverly does is he just, on the spot, ad-libs his own version of Silent Night to try to get the lions to hush and go to sleep. (laughs) So... Andrew, what you need to do is improvise a song where you send a velociraptor to sleep. Oh, good. So you have yeah. to improvise a song where you have to send the Grinch to sleep, and I'm gonna try Silent Night, Hans Gruber to sleep. Here we go. Got it. Uh, let's just go in uh, go in order that we gave it out. Andrew. Yep. I'd like you to lure a velociraptor to sleep. Mm-hmm. Silent night, holy night Jurassic Park's not quite right Velociraptors return to their beds All (laughs) the visitors are very dead (laughs) Sleep in heavenly peace (laughs) Wish I hadn't brought my nieces. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) They're clearly sleeping now. Dylan, could you please get the Grinch to sleep? Sure, I'd love to. Hey, Mr.
1: Grinch, don't move an inch. (laughs) You'll be sleeping in just a cinch. I've moved the kids out of hoover <laughs> Including that annoying little Cindy villain. <laughs> is no longer your shtick I'm getting out
0: of here quick He's <laughs> oh, <are you> sleeping <laughs> no, All that's left is Hans Gruber <laughs> The villain from Die <laughs> Alright Violent night, (laughs) machine gun fights Willis quakes at their might Alan Rickman is just misunderstood (laughs) Probably because his accent is no good And it's all sing side at night. Okay, well, I've got to say that Claire's going to kill me because she loves Brown Eyed Girl. And uh, I'm going to say that I really enjoyed both our fun, improvised harmonizing and our writing of strange different carols, so Simon, you get the point. Yay! It's time for round four, the scenes. Memorable films have memorable scenes, moments which etch into your memory and cause visceral reactions upon reflection. They might make you laugh, make you cry, make you scared or make you shout. Let me tell you the absolute scene Father Christmas left after he visited our house last Christmas. I had to vacuum up his footprints, put the fireplace back together and sort out Rudolph's carrot stub. Luckily, he'd done a pretty good job with the mince pies and sherry, so swings and roundabouts. Please describe in a spoiler-free way your standout scenes. Simon. By far, my favorite scene in this film, and it actually reminds me of Monsters, Inc., which you mentioned earlier, Mm. is a scene where Santa is delivering a gift into a child's room, and then the child wakes up. And Mm. all of a sudden, Santa and the elves need to kind of make themselves as scarce as possible so Mm. they're not seen. As a child's waking, Santa kind of dives onto a present that is in front of the bed. Mm-hmm. And then they realize at headquarters that the present he's dived upon is one of those presents that makes sounds. Uh, yeah! And so they have to, almost like a spy film, try dissect the mechanism in the present <laughs> to stop the present from making a sound and waking up the child, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I thought it's important for you to kind of feel what that might be like. But Then I was like, what is the most equivalent thing we could do? And I was like, do I have to build a bomb <laughs> and oh put it somewhere in this room and make one of you guys disarm it? I thought that is probably not going to end well. Uh-huh. Uh, so I've done the next best thing. I found a game. It's called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. <laughs> and you guys are going to play around with it. One of you is oh going to be the person that needs to defuse the bomb the other one is going to be yelling instructions so that the person knows what to do. But here's the thing. The person who's yelling the instructions to dissect the bomb can't see the bomb. And the person dissecting the bomb can't see their instructions. Ah. That's right. It's a game of trying to explain to each other what to do, but under high pressure, just like it is in the film. <laughs> Here we go. The bomb is loading. All right. You need to tell me exactly. There's going to be different modules. You need to tell me, like, one. Just let's focus on one of the modules first and tell me what kind of thing it is. (laughs) Look at Andrew sounding like an expert. All right. So I've got. Are there wires there? Yeah, I've got wires. Okay, let's talk about wires. Okay, so there's three, four, five, (laughs) or six wires. Which Um, one is it? I've got five wires. Okay, five wires. So if the last wire is black, is it? No. Okay, uh, if if there's exactly one red wire... Nope. (laughs) Okay, if there are no black wires... Nope. Andrew, you've only got like 4 minutes and forty seconds! So cut the first wire. (laughs) Cut the first wire. Oh no, oh no! (gasps) Okay, we're good. (gasps) Right, what's next? Uh, Uh, I guess I'll choose the hieroglyphs. Oh, crikey, is that that the keypads? Yeah. Okay, right, okay, so now... Only one column below has all four of the symbols from the keypad, okay? So press the four buttons in order. Okay, so you need to tell me what... I've got like a lambda thing. Lambda top left. Um, ne- okay. Next to it is like an
1: owl holding a stick. Wait, wait hold on. I've got to find the owl holding the stick. <laughs> Lambda <laughs> owl holding the stick, yeah. Yeah. Then, owl then, a stick. then left and down. So diagonal down is like a A with a T. Yes. Okay. And then the last one, bottom right, is a backwards C with a
0: dot in the middle. Okay. Oh, it's four minutes until the bomb explodes. Come on. <laughs> uh, press. Okay. So press the four buttons in the order they symbols appear from top Which to order? bottom. Within that column. Okay, so it's the A first. Yep. Then the lambda. Yeah. Then the R with a T. Yep. Then the C. Yes, we've done it. All right, it's sweet. Okay. What's I, next? I've got a hold button. A hold button? Yeah, I've got a big
1: blue button and it says hold. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, can I move this around? No. Uh, yes, I can. I'm gonna go on that. I don't know what the whole. I thing? press it? I don't know what the whole thing <laughs> oh, is. Yeah, I'm gonna turn it sideways. I got two batteries. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do anything. I'm turning it back. Uh, I don't know what. I All don't know I have is a does. hold. It's <laughs> got a
0: hold button energy. What's he
1: going to do? Do and it says hold. I'm going to press it. Oh, okay. he's going to press it. I pressed oh, it. No. What does it mean? Why did you press it? <laughs> I don't know. Choose something else. There is nothing else to choose. The button,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, uh, if, okay if the button is blue, does yes. it say, and the buttons. And the button says abort? No, it says hold. Okay, hold on. <laughs> he uh, is on Hold. Wait, wait, wait. Hold <laughs> on. been put on hold. If there is more no, than no one, you've got three minutes, Andrew. <laughs> if there's more than one battery Oh, on the batteries. Bomb, Okay, and, the, and, gonna, and the button says de- detonate press it immediately because I don't do that
1: I can't turn this thing sideways <laughs> wait hold on um, oh there's a whole back panel okay, <laughs> there's loads of panels oh no Okay, I've got flipping so many batteries. We're not going to win
0: this. Oh, okay, Let's, I've given can, up already. Can we choose a different thing? No. Wait, okay. What do you mean? Okay, um, so wait, hold on. Let's just do this. So if the, trying. Is the button blue? Yes. Okay, and, and it says a port. Hold
1: around. Hold on. <laughs> I can't work this mouse pad. No, it says hold. I've told you it says hold. <laughs> I'm trying okay. to okay. escape. The word of the day is hold. I think you've got five batteries.
0: I've got a thing underneath that says SIG. Does that help you? SIG. I a SIG after the stress. Releasing a hold on. If you start holding the button down, a colored strip will light up on the right side of the module. Based on its color, you must release the button at a specific point in time. It's red and flashing. Uh, So it's it's red, okay, uh, as any one in position. So release when the countdown timer has a one in any position. Got it. Okay, what's next time?
2: Oh my my God. God. god!
0: Yay! We did Yay! Well Woo-hoo! done, boys. So I hope that captured some of the essence of what it might be like to try to fuse a bomb, and therefore what it was like for these elves to try help Santa dismantle the noisy Christmas present. Nice. That was stressful and exciting.
1: <laughs> Dylan. Well, speaking of stressful and exciting. For my scene, it has been made known to Bill Murray's character that he's going to get a visitor at a certain time. However, (laughs) this time happens to be over a business luncheon with the head of the network and a man who turns out to be someone brought in to assist in managing Bill. So, Bill, who's becoming a little unhinged, doesn't know this and starts accusing the new guy of being his visitor. (laughs) Next, he's accusing the waiter of the same thing. Then he's seeing things in his drinks. He notices a waiter across the room is on fire, but it's kind of in his head. (laughs) What? (laughs) The whole scene has great kind of comedic and chaotic energy. He leaves the table to go extinguish the waiter, who in the moment is clearly just a guy standing there perfectly fine (laughs) for the rest of us, uh, getting splashed with a full bucket of water. And then just to cap off the entire scene, we get a genuine unscripted fall as Bill tries to leave the room but slips on all the water that he's just thrown everywhere. <laughs> it's a great physical moment to end off a really fun scene.
0: <laughs> Tell me more about this waiter on
1: fire. I like that. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting. So we're seeing both the real world and what Bill's seeing. Yeah. So he's seeing the guy he's basically lit a uh, dessert on fire, like near the table <laughs> and uh, it catches onto his arm and like it cuts back and then it cuts over to him and then he's like climbing up his body and cuts back and then he's like running in slow motion through the restaurant but then uh, at some point Bill asks his waiter what's going on there and the guy says oh it's just a baked Alaska you don't want that or something (laughs) you know it's got some good lines in there as well as all the physical stuff sounds nice and farcical I like it
0: both these scenes sound pretty chaotic Um, but uh, I have decided who I'm going to give the point to and If it doesn't live up to that game, Simon, I'm going to be very disappointed. But Simon, you get the point. Yay! Congrats. Finally, we find ourselves in the last round. The story. Each story begins with a golden idea, a premise, an intriguing setup which entices the viewer to watch the film in the first place. Christmas is famous for being about the greatest story ever told. But did anyone ever find out about the second greatest story ever told? Or what it was? Could it be Rudolph gets his bulb fixed? Clearly he's a robot. And goes on to win the Abu Dhabi Formula 1 Grand Prix? Well, in any case, this round is worth 3 points. What's your story, which will set my imagination alight? Dylan.
1: Andrew. Tis a tale as old as time, but, <laughs> but in a modern setting, but not super modern because of when it was made. <laughs> Bill Murray must make a wondrous and festive character arc from being a bit of an asshat at the start <laughs> yes, to, to a new <laughs> redemption by December 25th, and he does so in the way that only Mr. Murray can. You enjoy his performance throughout, you laugh with him, you cry with him, and if you know Groundhog Day well, you marvel at what seems like the prototype role for what we got from his Phil Connors some five years later. It's a wild comedy with a huge heart. And really, isn't that what Mr. Bill Murray and The Holidays
0: are all about? It is. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Groundhog Day. <laughs> That's all right. I've
1: seen it once. Or was it twice? I can't remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I do like comedy. I'm not sure about heart, but I can get used to it. Simon? (laughs) Well, Andrew, I'm glad you said you like comedy because my film is definitely a comedy. Hold on, I just said that I don't like heart. Am I the Grinch? (laughs) He famously doesn't have a heart. I've been alluding to it all episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see if Dill can get you to sleep. (laughs) My film is a riotous, hilarious, high-speed adventure around the world as one of Santa's sons tries desperately to deliver a forgotten present on time. It's a race against the clock, and it is a lot of festive fun. And because it involves presents, I thought now would be a great time on Christmas Eve, of all times, to give you your Christmas presents from what (laughs) Uh, listeners he's got two gifts I do have two gifts hopefully they're both for me (laughs) not both for you oh well alright Dill, Merry Christmas this is for you I mean this is both
1: lovely and just (laughs) how am I possibly gonna win this
0: (laughs) (laughs) look I figured it's a Christmas episode I was gonna be giving you Christmas presents I might as well do it in the Christmas episode so Dill, I I hope you enjoy that can I open it here live on air I'd love you to open it here live on air this is a Cism inspired gift. Hey! Wow. It's a Star Wars tee with my favorite ship of all. Because Dylan mentioned Star Wars in every episode. <laughs> and in fact, you're wearing a Star Wars t-shirt in the Sism artwork, which is actually one of my shirts. And you had mentioned that you really liked it. And so from that moment, I was like, I need to get Dylan a- another Star Wars t-shirt to add to his collection. And it just took me forever to find one. And I eventually found one. Thank you very much, sir. Muzzletooth, Andrew, here's your gift. Thank you. Now, Andrew, you might wonder, when you open this, why you've received this particular gift. And I do have a Citizen lame related reason as to why I'm giving you this. It's a DVD of Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> now, Andrew, a couple of episodes ago, I made you watch a talking animal film Yeah, that had a, a talking shark. It was Suicide Squad. Yeah, it was, yeah. The Suicide Squad. You didn't enjoy it one bit. In fact... I've got the feeling that what you really needed to do after that film was have some sort of cold shower <laughs> reprieve from that kind of talking animal. And I thought the best way to do that was to get you the greatest talking animal film of all time, to cleanse your palate, set you at ease. It's a gift of repentance on my side and a bid for forgiveness. It's Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Okay. Exciting times. I'm looking forward to watching it. It's about time you had something on your bookshelf that wasn't just... Wolverine Origins and Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> this will fit right in. <laughs> well, I was going to get you guys some myrrh,
1: but uh, no one stocked it because nobody knew what it was.
0: <laughs> I remember a time when uh, my parents were really into watching The Amazing Race, which is a show where people race around the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I watched it for a while. And hated it. And then I got pretty bored with it. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, they, they watched it for years and years and the show just kept on happening. By the end, it was just stressful, you know. They've got to say goodbye to people. People don't make it in time, <laughs> you know. Sometimes they do. I hear you. Some, they have to do these crazy tasks. It's anyway, true. tangentially, what I'm saying is- I want a chilled movie (laughs) this holiday. Sorry, Simon. I really appreciate your gift. But Dylan's getting the points. And I can reveal that the winner of this episode is Dylan.
1: Yay!
0: Merry Christmas! A goose, a cooked goose for everyone. Commiserations, Simon. Please tell me what movie I didn't choose. You didn't choose 2011's Arthur Christmas... Santa's clumsy son Arthur sets out on a mission with Grand Santa to give out a present they misplaced to a young girl in less than two hours. It's an animated film. And Ah. Dylan, you're going to love this. Hmm? Guess who does a short little voice cameo in the film? Either Jerry Seinfeld or Ricky Gervais. (laughs) So close. It's Stuart Lee of all people. What? (laughs) I know. That's amazing. Crazy. What a Christmas gift. Well, that sounds like a movie I might have to watch uh, anyway. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That is a new Christmas tradition. (laughs) He's going to go home and watch Arthur Christmas and then watch your film sometime in November next year. Yeah. It seems like we've got a losing animated film again. So, (laughs) there we go. Congratulations, Dylan. Um, Tell me, what film will I be watching for Christmas? From IMDb, a selfish,
1: cynical television executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. This is
0: 1988's Scrooged. Scrooged? Okay. A retelling of Charles Dickens' Christmas Story. Nah, it sounds like a retelling of
1: Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. A great all-year-round film. And just to follow in Simon's footsteps on a couple of episodes, a little disclaimer, some of the jokes are very 1988. It'll be okay. We'll get through it.
0: I was one when this came out. Could that be a reason I didn't see it? (laughs) Hopefully you didn't see it and hated it, and that's what
1: turned you into Citizen Lamb. Yeah, I'm a bit of a Scrooge.
0: Before we end this episode, I want to give a massive shout out to the film Seal Team, which is directed and written by one of our friends, Greg Cameron. He's part of our movie club and it's coming out on New Year's Eve. So if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve, you literally have a week until this comes out on Netflix. I do suggest checking it out on New Year's or after. It is amazing. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Thanks. That's it for this episode. Join us next season in the battle for my movie affections, as well as a report back of how I enjoyed Scrooged. If you've yet to watch that film too, you have as much time as you need to join me in my <laughs> education. Until next time, goodbye. Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year.
2: silent nights, holy nights, all is calm. Pride round young virgin mother and child,
0: holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace.